Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in our study of the New Testament. This is uh, 233, according to my notes. And uh, we're winding it down, the New Testament anyway, and then we're going to hop into the Old Testament. So we've got uh, this week, we've got next week, we'll do uh, Third John. And then the week after that, we'll be into the book of Revelation. So uh, I had a lot of people tell me they're interested in the book of Revelation. book of Revelation is a, a very fascinating study. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. And so that's uh, two weeks from now. We'll be, we'll be in that. Um, but we're, we're not quite done with uh, these letters to, that John wrote there right towards the end. And um, we just finished First John. And said to you, John wrote these letters 85 to 95 AD. He was pretty well advanced by this point in time in his life. Had, had been walking with the Lord a long time. We'd seen uh, his hard edges soften dramatically over the course of his life, which, uh, you know, we've talked about on, uh, I think we talked about it last weekend, how one of the things that happens as we are transformed and renewed by our mind is that our hearts soften. And we've seen tremendous transformation in John's life. Remember, he was the one who wanted to call down lightning when they weren't, uh, uh, or thunder, whatever he wanted to call down on the, the people of the Samaritans because they weren't received. And he wanted to make a guy stop what he was doing because he wasn't one of the twelve, but he was being very successful in the ministry in Jesus' name. He's not one of us, but... Uh, and he got, brought his mommy in, remember, to try and get the best seats at the table with Jesus. Uh, he, had, uh, he was a rough, kind of rough around the edges, uh, like most of us. But now 60 years into his journey with Christ, and uh, he's different, and much different. And he, his main theme is, has been love uh, and joy and this, this life that we have in Christ. And here at the end, he, in this second letter... Um, really, it's a very short letter that addresses, once again, the very serious issue in the church of false teachers. Again, this was the, one of the main things going on, is that the church had, at this period in time, again, 60 years into its existence, had spread quite far already. And uh, the enemy was rising up against the church, knowing and by, by putting in false prophets and false teachers, and just trying to rip the thing apart before it could get you know, really establish and take off. He didn't succeed, but there was a lot of problems with false teachers and false teachings all throughout the early church. Uh, and, and so it was a constant situation that the early guys were dealing with and writing with. And even, and we looked in First John, he talked about it. This letter is really addressing again, it's like another warning. He's, he's at the end of his life and he's saying, listen, just be careful, watch out, be alert. These false teachers are everywhere and you need to... Um, you need to check everything against, you know, the sound teaching, the sound doctrine that you had been taught and not get sidetracked. And uh, 2,000 years later, there's still false teaching. It's in false teachers everywhere. And we have to be careful and we have to be alert and we have to be, you know, um, uh, just aware of what's happening and, and studying and, and approving everything with the scriptures and, and seeking hard after God in the process. So we, we look at this short letter. It was written, you'll see it's written to the chosen lady and her children. Um, the chosen lady and her children could be a couple of things. It could be a chosen lady and her children that who's unnamed. or <laughs> There you go. You, bet you hadn't thought of that one. Or it could be um, a letters to, letter to one of the churches in particular that also wasn't named. It was, they address churches that way sometimes. So it could have been to the church and the people in that church or it could have been to a lady and, and her children, but um, either way, it doesn't really matter. It's now at this point, 
to us. It's just what the letter was trying to say. So let's look at it, and we'll just talk about it briefly, and uh, we'll, we'll be done with the night. Uh, 13 verses, beginning in verse 1, 2 John chapter 1, verse 1. The elder, that's John, to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. If it has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face, so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I, I want to dig into that. Particularly, we're going to look at kind of verse 6 and expand on that today. But um, when he talks about, I want to make sure you see the difference. When it says, if someone comes with a false teaching, don't welcome into your house, you share in his work. He's not talking about not being hospitable to unbelievers. He's saying, be very, be very careful in the distinction that you, if it looks like you're approving someone who's teaching something that's way off, it speaks volumes to other people, and they, they may not be able to discern what they're really going after. So John was just setting himself up to be telling everybody, be very careful in the way you deal with false teachers. because, um, And we'll look at this this weekend um, a little bit. You know, the enemy is, is amazing at how he twists Scripture. Um, as I was studying this week, it's one of those things, I'll bring it up in the, in the message. I'm studying for Sunday and talking about the Word of God. But sometimes I think you might forget that the enemy knows the Scripture. And when Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, uh, at, at, on the second temptation, the enemy actually quotes scripture at Jesus. And he says, it is written. And he quotes from the 91st Psalm. And Jesus, he does, he quotes directly from the Psalms. And Jesus has to go, yeah, but that's really not what it means. It is written. And he comes back. We have to be very careful of the way that people handle the word because often, it's not often, sometimes it's deception. And we need to be aware of the difference. And we'll talk about that this weekend. The only way we can really be aware is by being, studying the Word and knowing the Word and digging into the, the, the truth. That's the only way. Because some of these people look okay and act okay, but it's when you get into the heart of it that you start finding these big problems. So we need to be very, very careful in that. And really, that's John's heart. And one of the things he says that's very helpful in us, in our day-to-day -day life, um, is, is 2 John 1, 6 says that as followers of Christ, we're commanded to walk in love. I'll read your verse. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Because there's something about the process of, 
of walking in love and living by trying to do the next right thing, that helps us to more readily discern what's not coming from the heart of God. Um, there's something about having a desire to live His way that um, keeps you yielded to the Spirit to the point where um, when, you, um, when you hear something that's not quite right, the Spirit of God will just really kind of put it on you right away that it's not okay and, and help you understand and know the truth. And so this whole idea of living um, for Him rightly is extremely important in this process. And if you were here on the weekend, last weekend, I said, you know, one of, the, one of the things that happens in us as we're being transformed is that we begin to love to live by doing the next right thing. It's not a burden. It's not a chore. It's, it's what we want to do. We want to live lives to please God. All of that makes a big difference in, in continuing to walk in the truth the way that we should. So how do we do that, that whole idea of, of walking in love? What does it look like? And I just have a few ideas. That's really what I want to talk about in the few minutes that we have left uh, here together. And you've heard me talk about some of these things before, but they're, they, they always uh, are worth repeating. One of the things we must do is we have to love God all in, in the process. We love God all in. Mark 12:30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. In a series we did uh, a few months ago now, I talked that, I, we talked about that, and I said those things are about loving God all in. That we love God all in with our heart, which is sort of the control panel of our lives. We love Him with our soul, which is our personality and our emotions. We love Him with our mind. Uh, and, and, you know, I said to you that the, the Bible and, and the gospel message, the cross, the salvation, all of those ideas are sound, logical, reasonable, um, truthful system based on eyewitness testimony. And so we, we love God with all our mind. We we're, we're never need to be at a spot where you need to check your mind at the door when you come into the church. Um, we love Him all in, mind fully engaged. Uh, and we talked about some of that last week as well. And um, loving Him with all our strength. And to me, that's the idea of, of living by trying to do the next thing. God, I just want to live with, with all that I have. I want to live for you. That, that this is part of the process of walking in love. We're going to love God all in. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. It should be, you know, that should emanate from the fiber of your being in this process. And then he goes on and he puts his caveat on it, which really helpful. Um, uh, in Mark 12:31, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself, there's no greater commandment than these. So this idea of walking in love is about loving God all in and loving our neighbors as ourselves. And, and remember this idea of what it means to um, love our neighbors as ourselves, that the idea that Jesus presents there is that we already love ourselves. He's not saying that we need to love ourselves. He's insinuating that we love ourselves. And, and that comes up, and, and, and that's not about, you know, self-esteem issues or other stuff that might be happening or shaming. It's not about that. It's at the core understanding that um, we love ourselves and that our, our ultimate desire is to be happy. We need to be appropriately happy, but it's to be happy. And that we do things for ourselves because we love ourselves. Like when we're hungry, we, we do what we can to feed ourselves. You do that because you love yourself. We, we do what we can, um, uh, you know, if... if uh, if, if we um, have a need, we do what we can to try and meet that need in our lives. If we're treated badly, we think it's unfair, and we try and do something about it. We do these things because we're thinking about ourselves, and, and that, that you should. These are things that you should be doing with yourself. It's a part of who you are. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's our nature, at some level, to walk through this life with ourselves at the center of the universe. It's part of who we are. Um, 
what we need to understand from that whole idea is that that he wants us to to understand that that's part of who we are and that he's working with us in that so that when we see others we can begin to have compassion for where they're at because we know that when we're hungry we want to eat we need to know that when other people are hungry they want to eat we know how it feels when we're treated badly we need to be aware of how other people feel when they're treated badly uh, we know how we feel when we have a need that we want to have met we need to be aware of the fact that other people have needs that also um, want to be met and that what Jesus is saying is he wants us to get to the spot where we become as concerned about others as we are about ourselves that that's what loving others looks like um, and, and you, you've heard me say this recently, and I want to make sure I say it again. There's a spot where we get healthy in that we realize that this life is not all about me, but it's some about me. And there's a healthy spot there. Because it, it, you can't go all in, you, you know, it is some about you, because Jesus loves you. Um, you're his favorite. Somebody gave me a note. If you've ever been around here, I call everybody God, my favorite, you know, because I think God thinks we're all favorite. But somebody gave me this note. God thinks about you all the time. You don't have to work to get his attention. You're his favorite. That's, and that's how he feels. So you're his favorite. So it is some about you. Because so, some people go, well, what about me? Well, you, God takes care of you. You don't have to worry about it. But now he wants you to engage in loving others. Because ultimately he wants that for your sake because that's where you're going to find life. And all, these things together help us to, to stay on track in him, to walk in love. We're going to love God all in. And we're going to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so um, this idea is evidenced, um, and, and actually our love for God is evidenced by our love for others. John wrote this, remember, in 1 John 3, uh, 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. One of the ways John tells us we know that we've gotten this thing moving in the right direction is we start to care about others. We start to love for others. It means that we've moved and moving past and away from our old way of doing things, that old nature, into his way of doing things. Um, Jesus, in John 13, Jesus says in verse 34 and 35, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. That, a few verses there, uh, two verses, love one another. That is, I expressed three times, repeated three times. And uh, he's saying, you know, it's, this is an important part of what's happening. And see, John runs with these ideas later on in his life. That, that sort of emanates from John that idea is it's all about loving well this whole thing it's about walking in love it's about loving God all in it's about loving your neighbor as yourself it's about loving one another this is what really matters in the process and one of the best ways I think we can do that is uh, most of you know this but it comes up all the time and is very helpful um, the way that we do this is Matthew seven twelve, and most of you know that is the golden rule that's how it's known so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets. And I, I just, my hope would be at this point you have that verse firmly entrenched in the way that you live your life. And that when, when all else, um, you're not sure what you're supposed to do, that you just go, I'm going to fall back to, well, I'm just going to treat you how I want to be treated. And because uh, and that's, that's where life resonates. But that's not how culturally we're trained to operate. We're really not. And so we have to be aware of it. We, we tend to love people who love us. Um, and then we tend to treat people the way they treat us instead of treating them the way we want to be treated. And the, the, the admonition is not to treat people the way they treat us. It's to treat people the way we want to be treated. How they treat us is not the point. 
we don't need to be doormats or kicked around or abused, but at the same time, um, we, we don't want to respond to people who treat us in, in not good ways the same way they treat us because there's, there's no way to move into that. And really, some of, the, some of the best things we can do to help people is to treat them in ways they don't expect and, uh, and try and do that. It's not as always easy as I'm saying it is, but uh, it's how we're supposed to be. It's, it's what we do with folks. How do we treat people? Let's treat them with respect. Let's treat them with dignity. We still have to set boundaries in place sometimes which is tough, but um, we want to do our best to love well wherever we can because that's what we want people to do with us. We want people to give us a shot, give us a chance, welcome us, allow us to demonstrate who we are in the process. And so this is a really big deal for what's happening. And Jesus models this throughout his life and ministry. And uh, again, in John 13, 34, you know, this is, this is Jesus. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And, and John is just reiterating that idea for us uh, in this letter and the, and the importance of it, of finding life and loving well, loving God all in, walking in love, walking in obedience, and uh, all of those things helping us to stay on track and not being dissuaded by the false teachings that are so prevalent all around us. So I want to encourage you, um, you know, love well. Love all in. Love God that way. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, Remember the golden rule and live by it. Treat people the way you want to be treated in all situations. And, uh, and when you realize you're not, fix it. <laughs> How would I like to be treated? That's what you should ask. How would I like to be treated in that situation? And then do that because that's where you'll find life. But that's good for today. And uh, if you're watching on video, thank you. Appreciate you doing that. Come and visit whenever you can. Go to the website if you need prayer. And uh, there's a prayer spot. and We'll take care of that from there. But uh, we're going to call it an evening. Do you shut that video down? Wave at me when you've done that, please. As I have this feeling that room is empty. Yeah, that room is empty. I need one of you guys that can run up there and shut that video down. Someone has abandoned their post. I don't mention names from here. <laughs> I won't put his name on the record. But uh, what I will do, since the tape is still rolling and it needs to have something, I'm going to take prayer requests. What, so if you have prayer requests, would you pass them to uh, someone, one of the guys will come up and collect them, and I would be happy to pray with you, and we'll go from there.